Hello, and welcome to Rethink Your Health with Jen Madden. I am your host, Jen Madden. Hello. Welcome. I am coming off a three-day weekend of amazingness. It was Memorial Day here in the States, and I cleared my schedule. I wanted to do nothing, or I really wanted to just do the things that I wanted to do. I love to putz. I think some people call it puttering. I call it putzing. I don't know what the difference is and if putzing is even a word. But I set up my weekend to do just that because I really needed some space to clear up my brain and some rest to recharge and help my body recover after all of these months of stress. And my God, I feel so much better and I still need more of it. And rather than tapping into old Jen and just pushing through it, I'm going to just allow myself to take the space and time that I need to help me recover and recharge. And it's wonderful and it's fascinating. And I am definitely going to do a future episode on um, the resistance we have to rest. It's one of those societal bullshit things again it's so crazy we are human beings that need to rest and recharge and yet we're taught that we shouldn't but anyway I digress so I wanted to do an episode on my journey and some of the lessons that I've learned thus far in my life when I first started this podcast I said that I would do an episode just talking a little bit about myself and my journey. And I think that this is going to be the episode because I've really had some interesting ahas for myself in the sense of getting to that next layer of acceptance. And it's so powerful. And I just want this for everyone. And I want to share my journey with you so that maybe you can take away some lessons for yourself or rethink some things in your life. Um, or just know that it's possible or just listen to somebody talk about themselves. You get to choose what you take away from this episode, but I wanted to share just kind of my journey so far and the lessons I've learned because I know that when I have listened to other people tell their story, it always impacts me. And I think the biggest thing for me is that When somebody shares their humanness with somebody else, it gives us permission to share our humanness. We are the same in so many ways, and yet we all pretend like we're not. And I truly believe if people shared more of the struggles they have, the thoughts that are going on in their head, we would all just take a big exhale of relief and be like, yeah, me too. So I think it's really important for us to be a little vulnerable and share our humanness. This doesn't mean you need to dish everything and talk about everything, but I think the more we show our humanness to each other, it gives us permission to do the same. And so I always appreciate when somebody shares their story. And so that is my intent today. Please indulge me. I am going to try to not ramble, but it's... (laughs) sometimes easy to ramble when you're talking about yourself. So get yourself a cup of coffee or go put your sneakers on and go head out for a walk and uh, let's chat. 
Let me tell you the things. I am definitely in the process of shedding layers of me. Layers that don't belong to me. Layers that aren't who I am, but that I willingly took on to create an identity. We take on identities. We all do it. These identities are usually assigned to us by our families, our friends, and in a huge way, society. And, you know, when you're young, I keep saying this, we ask so much of children. It is so hard to be young. And here we are, as we enter this world, as young human beings, having no clue on how to navigate this world, and are taught how to navigate this world by adults who had no clue. So they did what their adults said, and they just carry on their tradition of helping people put layers of masks, I would say, on top of who they truly are, because we just don't know better. So as young beings, we are trying to navigate a world that's almost impossible to navigate. So we don't know what to do. So we just do what everyone else is doing or what people tell us, right? So that is part of survival. And it's hard. But we spend, I swear, the first part of our life taking on all of these identities, listening to those that we think are smarter than us to help develop who we are as a person, right? So we take on all these identities, even if they don't fit. And then I think we spend the second half of our life untangling ourselves from these identities. Because we wake up one day, and some of us wake up one day and are like, what is going on? This like doesn't even feel like me or I'm so exhausted by my life. And some of us decide that we are no, no longer okay with living our life the way we have. So we embark on a self-discovery journey and start to shed these layers. Not everyone does it because it's work, but I do think those of us, and most likely you who are listening, are somebody who would want to do that. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast if that were not the case. So the real work in life is untangling these identities, right? It's hard when you're young putting them on, especially if they don't fit. And you're like, what the hell? Like, this doesn't feel right, but I guess I'm supposed to do it. So that's really hard work too. But then they just become so deeply ingrained in who we are that it takes such effort to undo them. I am in and have been in the process of undoing. So I thought I would share just kind of my journey and the lessons I've learned along the way. I am still very much on this journey And I hope that never changes. I do think that this is part of the reason why we're here is to continually evolve into the person who we're supposed to be, right? Who we were born as, right? It's like that full circle coming back to who we are. So I do think that this journey is lifelong and I embrace it and am so grateful to be open to taking the journey. So at this point, I can only share with you what I know at the age of 49, almost 50. And it is my true hope that my current perspective will evolve and mature as I evolve and mature. But I'm going to tell you what I know right now. So a huge part of my identity has been my body. And let me clarify that, fighting my body. 
So some of you who have been listening to me probably know that my first diet was at the age of 10. My mother innocently thought she was helping me out by putting me on a diet because she didn't want me to have the same struggles that she had. And I think parents take on this responsibility because fat is a very bad thing in our society that we don't want our children to have to deal with that in the world, right? So I think it was very innocent. And unfortunately, it set me up for um, 30 plus years of dieting and um, disordered eating, not eating disordered, but disordered eating. So constant obsession with food, with my body, with exercise, with movement, where it was always something that I was doing, right? It was always, every single day, probably every hour of every day, I thought about my body and not in necessarily a positive way, but what needed to be fixed. Now, of course, if I was successful in losing some weight or developing some muscles, of course, I thought my body was amazing until it stopped doing that. So started my first diet at the age of 10, did all the things, include, including weight loss surgery, and I never got thin. Such a bummer. I have been reading um, Aubrey Gordon's books. I highly, highly recommend her books. Um, She talks a lot about what it's like to live in a fat body and the myths around just fat and weight loss and the societal impacts. It's fantastic. She is well-researched and well-spoken. But I was just recently reading one of her books and she just talked about she was born in a larger body And she naturally moved her body. She was a swimmer. She was very active until her body became noticed and people started to make comments about her body, which then made her want to hide her body, which meant meant she stopped doing things that were natural for her and things that she enjoyed, like swimming, because hello, when you're swimming, you're in a bathing suit and people definitely have comments about people's bodies when they see them in a bathing suit. But I share that with you because I was like, gosh, that is so true. You're literally fighting biology. Our bodies all look differently. Some are very thin. Some are very large. Most of that is out of our control. And yet we're taught that it is within our control and that we should fix it, especially if it's a fat body, because a fat body is a bad body, right? So I took on that identity. I took on that belief. I was taught it not only by my mother, right? Society teaches that. Go anywhere, watch any commercial, right? It's everywhere. So if you don't fit into our society's ideal body shape, there was something wrong with you and it's your job to fix it. So I took that on because I was like, well, yeah, duh, I'm fat, so I should be fixing it. And I did everything, right? And I do think that this is, on a side note, um, something that people don't know about most fat people. They know they're fat, one, and most of them are starving themselves and overexercising themselves to try to not be you know, I always laugh when people are like, why doesn't, why don't she, like, they'll make a comment like, why doesn't she just not do, she has to do something about that. And I'm like, okay, you think she's not? 
It is not easy to live in this world in a fat body. Not sure that most people would choose that on purpose, especially in the society that we live. Anyway, I digress. I'm going to do an entire episode on just fat. And I'm using the word fat intentionally. And some of you are like, oh my God, stop saying that word. Fat is just a descriptor. It does not mean anything bad unless you make it mean something bad. That will be a future episode. So hang in. I'm going to not take that, take this moment to have that episode. But anyway, I was taught that my body was wrong and that it needed to be fixed. So I took on that identity like a champ. And I was like, I am going to do all the things to fix myself. And I did. And I never got thin. And honestly, this is actually a really funny like awareness that I had. It's like so obvious, but I only recently, maybe a month or two ago, I was thinking about all the things that I did. I mean, starving myself, over-exercising, my God, to the point of exhaustion. Like, doing everything that I was supposed to do. And I never was smaller than a size 14. Ever. I mean, this is like starving myself and doing CrossFit. Like, never. I think that's so fascinating. But I think in my head, even though it never happened, like since high school, I thought that somehow I would like eventually get past there. And like, I don't even know what I was thinking. But it just was very fascinating with me that I... Never, like after all that effort, you think I would have woke up and been like, all right, like this is kind of where you are, which I did. So I shouldn't say that because I actually did finally reach a point in my life where I was just exhausted and I was in pain and I was hungry and I was done because I knew I needed to do something different because I could not continue to do this. So that is when I woke up. So I did have the epiphany. I just never really linked it to um, never being smaller than a 14. I share that because I just thought it was interesting. And now I'm a comfortable 18 and I probably will be for the rest of my life. And I'm not starving myself and over-exercising and I feel comfortable. So anyway, I did stop dieting and um, I started to eat intuitively. And those of you who have lived listened to earlier episodes knows, knows that this was a process for me. And it is a process because when you are so caught up in the diet culture bullshit of... Um, eating and what you should eat and dieting and not dieting. I was either on a diet or off a diet. So intuitive eating is a process because when you tell yourself you can eat whatever, you're like, oh, I'm not on a diet. <laughs> Let me eat all the things. And you don't listen to your body at all. So it does take a minute to start to incorporate intuitive eating, that lifestyle into um your every day. And it's interesting when, you know, just saying, in, introducing into your lifestyle, that is how we are designed to eat. When you are actually tuning into your body and listening to what your body wants, that's just the way we're designed. But we call it intuitively eating because we have to have a name and label for everything. Um, but anyway, I did finally stop dieting and I started to eat intuitively and it was a journey. The other thing I wasn't aware of was the biology of dieting, like what it does to your body. Again, another fantastic book, and I know I've talked about it before, is Health at Every Size, really explained what was happening to my body. Every time you diet, your body thinks you're starving. And so it rebounds, right? And that's why you eat so much when you finally stop dieting, because your body's like, oh my God, thank God we're out of famine. 
we're going to eat all the things and we're going to put the weight back on and a little bit more because you might do this to me again. So your body is like wicked smart, but we don't know this. We think our body is a jerk because it's not doing what it should be doing, but your body is incredibly smart if you actually listen to it. And I wish I knew, oh my God, we all say this. I wish I knew then what I know now because I definitely would not have done the things that I've done because it was so damaging to my body. Anyway, totally recommend Health at Every Size because it does explain um, a lot of how the biology works. And honestly, that is how I live. That is exactly how I live my lifestyle now. And so, yeah, so I finally stopped dieting. I finally stopped over-exercising and I really switched to yoga and walking and my body was, thank, thank you. But it's still part of me, right? That identity is still deeply ingrained in me. And to this day, I'll find myself judging something I just ate or questioning like, do you really need that glass of wine? Because it's just so ingrained in us and it's everywhere. And even if somebody is talking about the latest, you know, diet, or now I think it's called Ozemic. I don't know if I'm saying that right. My brain is like, oh, we should find out more about that. Even though I know that it's not going to be right for me, it's so deeply ingrained. So I am still undoing that. At least now I know that my brain is wired that way and that I have the ability to override that default thinking. And it is literally science in the fact that you are When you start to take on these identities, you are building neural pathways in your brain so that your brain, because your brain wants to be efficient, so you build these neural pathways so your brain's like, listen, we're just going to go on default with this so that you really don't have to use a lot of energy in the future. So the more you think about this, the more you're focused on this, we'll just make those pathways like really like deep and easy so you don't have to think about it in the future. A great way to think about the neural pathways that we build in our brain is think about driving. I love this analogy because when you first start to drive, you're like paying attention to everything. Like I got to put my foot in the brake. I got to put the key or press the button to start the car. And then I have to like put it in reverse, right? You're thinking about every single thing that you're doing when you first start to drive. But the more you do it, the more you just, you don't even know that you're doing it, right? Like how many times have you driven from point A to point B and you're like, I don't even remember the drive. Because your brain's like, I got it. We have these neural pathways. I know how, I know what to do. So I just, I got it. You don't have to use your brain that hard, right? So it's the same thing when you're taking on diet culture. In order to let that go, you have to change the neural pathways and they are deep, especially if you've been doing this for decades like I was. So of course, my brain still goes to that. I no longer think it's a problem. I catch it. So that is the big difference. So a big part of the identity that I have been shedding for the past couple of years now is fighting my body and thinking my body is a problem. It still comes up. I know that it's going to come up and I no longer think it's a problem. So that is a huge shift for me. And I look forward to the day, and I do believe the day will come where that neural pathway is like washed away and I won't have those thoughts anymore. So big part of my identity. The other part of my identity that I took on was my career. So I started my career as a music therapist. I'm a musician. I knew I wanted to do something to help people and I wanted to do something with music. So I 
went into music therapy. I loved it. I worked with um, adults with developmental disabilities and children with emotional um, disabilities. And it was amazing. And I really loved working in that world. So I went on to get to my my master's in public administration because I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to run a nonprofit and save the world. Except I graduated and I had student debt and no experience. (laughs) So I was like, well, this is going to be a problem. So long story short, I wound up working in corporate, like a corporate environment for, gosh, like 25 years. So totally different career change. Um, I developed a skill set I didn't know or I uncovered a skill set that I didn't know in leadership, in working with people in a corporate environment that lent itself very well to my success. And so I took that on as part of my identity. I'm a career girl. Well, listen, I had to because... Here's another fact about me. I am not married and I don't have kids. So what the hell am I if I'm not a mother or a wife? Right? Hello, society. So I was like, oh, well, I'm going to be the career girl. And I was. I was a fantastic employee. Like, what did, like whatever they wanted me to do, wherever they wanted me to move, I did. Because I was like, listen, I want the title. I want the money. I want people to think I'm important, like all the things, right? Because I was like, well, that's my identity. So I did all the things. And then in 2012, something started to change for me. I had moved to Minneapolis for an acquisition. So a big part of my job was to integrate the acquisitions the company I worked for purchased. And because I was good with people, hello, my background, I was good at that job. And so I was asked to move to Minneapolis to help integrate the largest acquisition we had at the time. And it took me out of the day-to-day corporate environment and I could start to really see how toxic it was and how people would lose their shit over stupid stuff. Like, like I'm like, you're going to give yourself a heart attack over that. And I was like, no, I don't want this anymore. So I'll never forget that is when I started to research becoming a life coach. I remember in one of my journals, I was looking at it. I was like, well, what are the things I could do? I don't want to do this. What do I want to do? And being a life coach was on that. But at the time, I wasn't brave enough to do it, right? So I was definitely in scarcity mentality because I have always been completely responsible for myself financially. No one has ever given me any money. And I was like, I have to have a good job with a good paycheck to take care of myself. So I definitely wasn't brave enough to do that. Plus, what would people say if I told them I was going to become a life coach? I mean, come on, you know, you know what life coaches are like. And then finally, I got brave and I got certified with the life coach school in 2019. By that time, I actually had left my corporate job and I went to work for the state of Wisconsin because I thought, I could be a state employee. My parents were, you know, pension, and I was not a fit at all. I love the people I worked with, and it was 100% worth it because I met an amazing group of women that feel like soul sisters to me, and we are still friends, and I just love them. Shout out to my state girls. Anyway, but in 2020, I am certified as a life coach. I had left corporate. I was at the state. I wasn't loving being at the state. So I decided 
I was brave enough to quit my job and go all in on my business. What? And it was amazing. I was doing business coaching and I was also doing some consulting. Everything was really great until it wasn't. Hello, 2020. (laughs) Right? 2020 was like the perfect storm for me. And this is like how our journeys are, right? You take these steps forward and then you take some steps back. It is not ever a straight line to where you want to go. So here I am, beginning of 2020, thinking I'm all that in a box of ho-hos because I have my own coaching business. I'm doing consulting work that I'm getting paid really well for. And I was like, this is kind of cool. And then it wasn't. Well, because hello, 2020. And it really was the perfect storm for me. I was living downtown Madison. Like literally the capital was my view. An amazing condo. Except that we had a lot of riots in Madison. And the city was destroyed. And it was very scary for me. And I think intellectually I knew I was safe, but I did not feel safe because I would literally hear the destruction happening outside my door. It was pretty scary. And hello, the world shut down. So I was still able to do coaching and the consulting work, again, a blessing, but I wasn't traveling the way I was and I was definitely nervous now about it continuing. And then we had COVID. So I really struggled in 2020. It was like the perfect storm for me. And I felt like I was a little crazy because I just was, I don't know, I just didn't know how to cope. And I know I'm not alone. So I share this with you because that was a hard year and it still continues to be hard for people. And I just entered this state of like panic. And so the consulting company that I was working for had been initially asking me to work for them. And part of the requirement was that I moved to Texas. And I kept saying, so cute. I'm not moving to Texas. And then in 2021, I did. (laughs) So I talk about 2021 as the year I accidentally moved to Texas, because I just didn't know. And what I knew was corporate, right? So this was a VP job for a company that was growing, and we were going to build it together. And it was an amazing opportunity, except that it was in Texas. But I was like, no, 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 I know what this is. I know how to do this, right? So I was like, where is that identity I shed? Like, let me go find that and put it back on. And I did. But the cool thing about that, and this is the cool thing about growth and changing and rediscovering yourself, is I tried to put that identity back on. And not only did it not fit, it was like smothering. And I had a moment, and I am so grateful for this moment, where I had just got back. I met friends down there. I mean, I didn't know anyone. I moved to Texas, like not knowing anyone. But I went out and I met friends. And, you know, I was doing a great job with my job. Like everything was great. I was like, I'm going to buy a house down here. I literally had the contract to the house in my email. No, I'm not even joking. And I remember coming back from having brunch with a new friend. And I started to see how my life was going to unfold there. And I was like, you know, it'll be fine. And I was like, I don't want a freaking fine life. And that was it. I canceled the contract for the house. I told my boss at the time that this was not for me. And I started to make plans to move back to Wisconsin. And I quit that job because it wasn't a fit for me. And here I am working full time as a life coach again. 
But I needed that. It's like I almost needed that. It's like life tests us to be like, are you sure? Like, are you really committed? And I was sure. And I am so happy that I had that experience. It was exhausting. It was also very expensive. (laughs) I mean, like, I kept my apartment down there. I was like, I'm out. I found an apartment up here. I had two apartments for a while. I knew that I was willing to take, do whatever I needed to do, whether it was going to cost me or not. I knew I needed to do what I needed to do to get back to who I wanted to be. So it is very interesting. So one of the things I did want to share with you, because I think what sparked this whole idea of doing this podcast today was um, my journal this morning. So I obviously been mentioning that I'm in the process of shedding and I'm really just having all of these like ahas in my life. And I think time and space allows that. And so I'm going to read part of my journal entry to you just because I just was like, wow, this is kind of cool. So I wrote this morning. Let's see. The, the, the challenge is for me to read my own writing when I'm journaling because I just don't care about my actual writing. So bear with me. All right. From my journal this morning, I have spent my life wanting to be thin and attractive, wanting someone to love me so that I would feel worthy, wanting somebody to take care of me financially so I could feel secure, wanting to be athletic so people would admire me, wanting to be adventurous so I'd fit in. Wanting to be smart so people would think that I was interesting. Wanting to have the big title at work so that I felt important. Wanting to have the big paycheck so that I could buy all the things that people thought were impressive. Wanting life to be different than it was. That is literally how I was spending my life. And what I realized, I lost my spot, hang on. (laughs) I realized that now I am a person who is fat and attractive. I am not athletic at all, but I love to move my body. I'm smart in certain areas. I have intellectual curiosity about certain things. I can take my care of myself financially, and it doesn't have to mean working for some corporation with a big title and a big paycheck to do so. I am actually very happy living alone in an apartment with a really simple life. Just a little side note. I realized, I think I was fighting because like, again, society tells you you should be in a relationship, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, do I want to be? And I haven't been like ever. And I finally like accepted and realized like, yeah, you don't want to be. I love living alone. Like, I can't even tell you. Like, I love people and I love to be social and I love living alone and I love having an apartment even though everyone asks me. So are you going to buy a house? Oh yeah, you should wait. The housing market settles down. But where are you going to buy a house? I'm not freaking buying a house. I don't want the responsibility. Oh my God, I love my apartment. And I love my simple life. Back to my journal. I love to eat healthy sometimes and I like to sit. I like to sit and read and journal and drink coffee. I am discovering that this is who I actually am. I love that. And I have fought that so hard because, again, I bought in to all of these ideas on what my life should be. 
And what I'm discovering is none of that fit, right? And I'm still like, there's still like that residual, I don't, I can't even describe exactly what it is, belief. I guess it's just that belief that I still am different than how I should be. And I am, and it like hurts people's heads. They're like, wait a minute. So like, you're single on purpose, you live in an apartment and you don't want to buy a house, you work for yourself as a life coach, you live in Wisconsin, like all the things. And yes, and I chose this and I created this for myself. And I realized I did create this for myself. I spent the majority of my life thinking I did not have a choice in my life, even though I was regularly making choices for myself, not even just for my career, for myself. I think about, you know, on a side note, I was born and raised in New York and I moved to Wisconsin. People were like, girl, what? (laughs) You're crazy. I needed to get out of that area. That area did not fit who I am. Wisconsin fits me. So I had spent my life making choices, although I never believed I had a choice. Isn't that fascinating? But I credit life coaching and my willingness to do the hard work that life coaching requires to create the life I have now without a shadow of a doubt. Life coaching opened my eyes to my life. I finally understood how my brain operated, that I have this primal brain that wants to just keep me safe and is going to look for a problem and create a problem so that I don't die. The problem is our primal brains were created to save us from like lions eating us. That's not a problem anymore. What our brains think is very unsafe is to be fat in this world, (laughs) to um, be single in this world, to not conform, right? To worry about what people think because we might die. There is biology associated with that, with the the desire and the need to be, to belong, but it's not going to kill me, right? So I finally learned that. And I also learned that I have a prefrontal cortex, which is our adult mature part of our brain that can override that. I learned to identify the stories I have been living my life by. These identities that I created for myself were created by the stories I had, the beliefs I had, the thoughts I had, right? So as I started to identify the stories that were creating the results that I have in my life, coupled with the fact that I have the ability to choose the life I want, I was like, what? (laughs) What is happening? I can change these stories. And I have little by little. It takes a ton of effort because I'm telling you that primal part of your brain is really hard to deal with because it wants to like, so it's the motivational triad. So your primal brain wants to use your energy efficiently. It seeks pleasure and wants to avoid pain. Change is hard. Change does not feel good and change takes a lot of work. Your brain's like, I am not interested in that. But when you recognize that, when I learned that that is how my brain operated and I could choose differently, that I could do the work to let go of those stories, to step into actually who I am, to not care what people think, to let people be wrong about me, my world started to open up. So fascinating. I created the life that I have now. And, you know, I love to... 
I don't love to. I find myself sometimes saying to other people who don't have the same life that I do, like, well, I mean, I'm like, I don't have kids and I have like, I'm not traveling everywhere anymore. And like, I have more space in my life, almost apologetically that I have the time to focus on me. There is nothing to apologize for. I am really stepping into that one because I created this. I created this for myself. I don't have to apologize for it. I used to, right? Like just add it to everything else in my life that I thought was wrong. Like, oh, well, you're by yourself. You don't have to take care of kids. You don't have to do it. Yeah, that was by choice. And I'm not saying that anyone else's choice is wrong, but there is nothing wrong with my choice and I don't need to apologize for all of the space and time that I have in my life. I find that really fascinating because I still will catch myself. Well, I know you like, I know it's a luxury that I have this. Yeah, it is a luxury that I created for myself because I'll tell you, when I was traveling all over God's creation for my job and dealing with all the crazy and all the stress, I did not have time for this. So I do own this and I do... I'm so grateful that I am owning and stepping into my life and that I am being unapologetically me. Now, again, I still have work to do and I'm willing to do the work, right? And I love that I have the tools now to understand how my brain operates and I also understand how other people's brains operate and how influenced other people, myself included, are by society and the expectations that we're taught. You know, all these bullshit rules that are thrown at us. I get it. So I can understand why people do the things they do, say the things they do, question the things they do, also the things that they don't do. Like, I get it. We all have human brains. I really do find it's amazing that we actually get along with each other. (laughs) Anyway, my biggest takeaway in all of this and one that I'm like still integrating into my life and embracing through all of my experiences, all of the work that I've been doing is I am not a problem to be fixed. And neither are you. We are not problems to be fixed, even though we are taught otherwise. If you take anything from this podcast, please take that. You are not a problem to be fixed. There is nothing wrong with you. You are a human being. I was reflecting the other day on the clients that I have, and it's very interesting. The women that I attract are on the same path as me. And I know that that is because that's who I am. So of course, that's what I'm going to attract. And I do think it's very interesting that every single woman I work with is at a point in her life that she is done living the old way and wants to discover who she is. And there are many paths to do this, right? So I mentioned that I'm doing some business coaching and helping people step into that identity as a business owner, which really means looking at the whole person, right? And also people will come to me because they're at a point in their life, they're like, this is just not okay. I love that these are the women that I'm working with, right? Because we can share our wisdom and our experience with each other and we can relate because we're speaking the same language. And I love that I can share my experience and also recognize the hard work that they're doing to change who they are. It is such an honor to see that. It's like, it's so mind-blowing to see 
the journey and to be part of somebody's journey of them stepping into who they are and to do the work, right? So I do think that we all, men and women included, reach a point in our life that we're being called back to ourselves, but not everyone answers that call because it is scary to change and it is exhausting to put in the work. And I see the women that I work with, sometimes they'll show up and like, oh my God, I'm so tired. (laughs) I'm like, girl, I hear you. It is hard work to pull off the layers. I think of it I always have to have a visual, especially when I'm coaching. I picture of like peeling off the labels, like pulling off like taffy, like it's so hard and gummy and you have to use a lot of effort to pull it off. But I'm telling you, when you're willing to do the work, it is 100% worth it. So I hope you know that you are worth it and that you do have what it takes to change You just need to start to believe that for yourself and dance in possibility that you could fully step in to the woman you're meant to be. All right, my friend, I hope that helped you get to know me a little bit about a little bit more about me and maybe shed some light on your own life areas that you have already changed or areas that you want to change. And more importantly, I hope you know that it is possible, 100% possible for you to step into the person you were born to be. All right. Thank you for indulging me. I will offer, if you are ready to do the work and you do want to hire a life coach who wants to go on that journey with you, I'm here. You can visit my website at jenmen.com and schedule a, it's like just a chat with Jen call and we can hop on a call and kind of see where you're at and see if working together is a fit. This is the work I am absolutely meant to do, not only for myself, but also to guide others along their path. All right, my friend, have a beautiful week and thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next week.